A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. I'm super excited to be joined today with my dear friend, Gary Takas. This is Narain, your host, and also the founder of Equa Marketing. Thank you, Gary, for joining me today. Hey, Naren, it's fun to be a returning guest uh, on, on your podcast. And hey, with your permission, uh, I would like to publish this on my Thriving Dentist Show podcast as well. Would it be okay if I did that? Absolutely, Gary. Uh, I would love it because, uh, you know, I, I, for those of you who don't know Gary's podcast, which I doubt you don't, uh, he has 100 listeners in 170 countries. The 174. We just uh, we just added uh, a new country, making our country count now 174. Wow. Uh, which I'm pretty excited about. Our goal is to get, you know, according to the United Nations, there's 195 uh, countries <laughs> in the world. Uh, and uh, our goal is to, to get to 195. So if our listeners of either your podcast or my podcast know any people in obscure countries, please tell them about the podcast. <laughs> all, the, all the usual countries are taken. Yeah. Uh, so now they're the unusual ones. So if you know any dentists in unusual countries, tell them about Thriving Dentist Show. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you are the father of, um, you know, podcasting. So I'm super glad that you took the time. I know you are a busy guy and you travel all over the world and, uh, you know, give, um, you know, talks and help dentists uh, all across. So thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk to you, Gary, today is I really wanted to understand, I, I, I know you are launching uh, this uh, mastermind called Less Insurance Dependence Mastermind. I really wanted to take some time to understand what is this mastermind you're doing? Um, why are you doing it? Um, what's your vision behind it? You know, I just really want to go in yeah. depth and really understand because this has never been done before. A lot of people use the word mastermind. You know, they kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, they kind of abuse it, if I may. Uh, they just because it's cool and it's sexy and they use it. But a mastermind is where a group of people come together on a weekly basis or a, or a, or a regular basis as a small group to help each other. So let's just start. You know, what yeah. is this less insurance dependence mastermind? Well, first of all, uh, I'm passionate about helping dentists reduce insurance dependence in their practice. Um, you know, uh, newsflash, the current insurance system is broken. Um, now, w w would you agree with me on that, Naren? Absolutely. And I want to ask you a question. When is, the, when is the very first time you decided, you know what, I'm going to focus on reducing insurance uh, on my, for my own practice, plus I want to help others do that? When is the first time... Well, it was, uh, I, I remember it vividly, um, uh, Paul, uh, Dr. Paul Nielsen and myself purchased a practice in May of 07, May of 07. Uh, I learned in 2007 that uh, in Arizona, a, a non-dentist can own a practice. And I wanted to own a practice because I wanted to have a test kitchen. I wanted to have a learning and teaching library where I could test concepts uh, or a learning and teaching laboratory where I could test concepts. And then I could share them when I'm speaking but also share them with our clients. You know, we have clients all over the, all over the country. And I wanted to have this test kitchen where we could test things out. And you have about 2,000 clients, right? I mean, you have, had yeah, we, have clients all, we have clients all over the country. Right. Uh, currently, we have clients in 42 states. Um, myself, I've coached over 2,200 practices over, over the years. Wow. Uh, but myself and my coaches are in practices all over the country. And but I wanted to have one. I wanted to own one so I could experience what our clients experience on a daily basis. Uh, so Paul and I bought this dilapidated backwards fixer upper practice. Uh, 
Uh, and uh, it, 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 it was, uh, I had all kinds of potential. He had, a, the previous dentist had about a thousand active patients, all of whom needed treatment. We knew we could change the paper, the wallpaper and the paint and the carpeting. Uh, but the good news, we had about a thousand patients, all of whom needed treatment. And then and, the economy cr- crashed. Well, <laughs> yeah, our timing was suspect here. Uh, we had about a year of, of a decent economy before it crashed. But let me tell you what happened in the meantime. One thing we didn't know when we purchased the practice was the previous dentist, the practice was infected with PPO plants. It was literally infected. with. It. The only way he attracted patients was to sign up for PPO plants. Mm. We discovered that in about our third month. In, in about August of 2007. And I looked at the adjustments that month. In other words, the difference between our usual fees and the contracted fees. And our adjustments in the month of August 2007 was about $30,000, $30,000. And I looked at that and I said, my goodness, we're paying, and I'm using paying in air quotes, we're paying the insurance company uh, companies $30,000 a month to, to bring new patients into our practice. And I thought, well, let me annualize that. Well, if I take 30,000 multiplied by 12, that's $360,000 a year. I said, my goodness, I could spend a fraction of that amount and, and attract more new patients to the practice and get the added benefit of patients choosing us for reasons other than we're on their insurance. And so we made a decision. Our, our, um, our approach, Naren, is very simple. It's simple, but it's profound. We want to take care of patients the way we would like to be taken care of. And that applies clinically as well as behaviorally. So in other words, clinically, we want to take care of people in the way we'd like to be taken care of. And behaviorally, we want to treat people the way we would like to be treated. And we simply found our average discount in those 34 plans, 34 PPO plans, by the way, our average discount was 38%. 38%. Wow. Ouch. Ouch. Now let's look at it. I, uh, this so, is so just to summarize, so um, you are paying 38% of what you make, kind of like a marketing fee or a custom acquisition fee. Right. And, and when you multiply it, even for a tiny practice, which was doing maybe around 800,000, if I'm not mistaken. I uh, actually started about five. Five. Um, and, um, $360,000 a year is going to the insurance companies, 30000 a month. It's just ridiculous. You yeah. know? And, and I looked at that and said, my goodness, we could spend a fraction of that three hundred and sixty and get a much better result. Now, now, let's take a giant step back and look at the insurance. Let me, let me ask you another question real quick. So this was in 2007. You have been practicing or coaching for 38, 39 years. So were you doing, did you notice this as a problem prior to that with your clients? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I mean, that's been, this has been a problem that's been surfacing and mounting since the mid 80s. I, I started in 1980. Right. So th- this was 27 years in, you know, <laughs> when right. I bought a practice. Um, right. But I had had a lot of experience with that. But let's take a step back and let's look at the insurance system today. There's four components of the insurance system. There's the dental insurance company. Yeah. Um, there, that, that provides the plan. There's the dentist who provides the care. There's the patient who receives the care. And then there's the employer who purchases the policy. In a very simple sense, those four entities make up our insurance system today. And when we look at those four entities, there's only one that wins today. 
So Naren, of those four, dental insurance company, uh, dentist, patient, or employer, who wins? Of course, it's the insurance company. Everyone else loses. Yes. Everyone. The, the dentist loses because he or she is subject to radical uh, adjustments in their fees. The patients lose because of all the games the insurance company plays. Like, yeah. heaven forbid, Naren, that you would go in, if you're an in-network patient, and you go to have your teeth cleaned five months and 29 days after your last hygiene appointment, heaven forbid that would happen because it would get denied because yeah. it wasn't a six-month wait. Uh, and then, of course, the employer loses because the employer is, is subject to about a 50% premium overcharge. They're being overcharged about 50% more than they should. Uh, so it's a broken system. It's an absolutely broken system. And I could get yeah. on my soapbox, but I'd rather just switch gears and talk about what to do about You're it. You're thinking I'm living, I'm an American and I have to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's a, it, it's a horrible system. Right. And so we simply looked at this in August of 07 and we said, my goodness, we can't provide quality care. We were, you know, there actually was an alternative and, and may I, it's a dark alternative, but, but can I share it? Yeah, absolutely. The, the dark alternative was to look at the money we get from insurance companies and provide a lower quality of care to those patients. And that simply was not a, a, anything that we would do. So we could have used cheaper labs. We could have used cheaper supplies. We could have, you know, theoretically, let, let's say we saw fee-for-service patients on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and we saw PPO patients on Tuesday and Thursday. So I'm, I'm being silly about this to make a point. On Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we could have nice furniture in the reception room. <laughs> on, on Tuesday and Thursday, I could put folding chairs in there. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm being silly about it, but that was not a choice. We were not going to use... And Monday, Wednesday, you can pay your people better because they, yeah. you don't have to work as hard because you, have to, right. you don't have to pay 38% to the insurance companies. Right. On Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I have uh, team members that I'm paying appropriate wages. And on Tuesday and Thursday, I'm paying minimum wage. Right. No, that's not right. what we're going to do. Right. So we, we decided, I imagine like any of our listeners, that um, there's only one standard of care in, in the practice, and that's the standard of care that we would want ourselves. Right. And we simply couldn't make that work with 38% discounts across the board. So we made a strategic decision over time. We did it over two years. But over a two-year period of time, we successfully resigned from those plans. Um, and when I say successful, let me quantify it. We retained 84% of our patient base when we did that. Right. So you save yourself 38% in, in, in the tax the insurance company is, you know, charging you. Right. And uh, you st still retain 84% of the patients, which means uh, you are coming out ahead. So, you know, way ahead. plus yeah. 18 minus 36. So you are way ahead and you're working less because, you know, you, you don't have to you know, you, I mean, you don't have to work as many, you don't, you don't have as many patients, right. but you're still you're making more money just by the, forget about all the marketing that now you can do all of, with the saved money, but even without that, you're just way ahead, you know, right. just by resigning. I think the most insidious part about the current insurance system is, is your overhead is pegged to a hundred percent of your production. You, yeah. you, you pay, you pay overhead on a hundred percent of your production and yet you can only collect 62% of those dollars. Yeah. And, and so that's the insidious part. And you know what, Naren, I can show you the ADA, actually, the American Dental Association actually published this. Since the mid-80s, dental office overhead has gone up on a regular basis every year, has gone up. 
culminating to 2017, which is the most recent year I have information on, uh, this is very sad to me. The American Dental Association tells us that the average solo dentist, the average solo dentist has practice overhead of 74%. 74%. So it's gone up as a, on a regular basis. Um, and in my opinion, if, if you're overhead 74%, you're working way too hard for too little, doctor. You I mean, better than that. Yeah, and, and the reason is because the pie is smaller because pie is only two-thirds of what it should be because one-third is taken, more than one-third is taken by the insurance company. By the insurance company. Yeah, yeah. So it's insidious. And uh, I'm on a, a mission to help dentists successfully reduce insurance dependence. So let me carry the story forward. Um, the first, we, I mentioned we did this over a two-year period of time. Uh, we started in about August of 07. And things were going very well. Uh, we would, and, and we can, I can get very tactical with, with you, Naren, but we developed a comprehensive marketing plan. Uh, we developed impeccable customer service so people would never want to leave our practice. Uh, we developed skills at communicating to patients. And I want to emphasize that although we went out of network, we remained patient friendly. We remained patient friendly. So for example, even today, you know, here we are many years later, we get many calls a day that say, do you take my insurance? That happens every day. We don't take an arrogant approach. You know, that wouldn't make any sense. Remember, we want to treat people the way we'd like to be treated. If I was a patient, I had that question. I, I want to answer it for my patients in the way that I'd like it answered for me. Right. So for example, we get that call and, and sadly, many offices that don't have training on this uh, team members don't know what to say. So they say, no, we're, we're, we're not in network. And, and of course, when you say no, the patient hangs up and calls someone else. So way we answer that question, do you take my insurance? Um, Carly or Meg or Madi, uh, three of my business team members that would answer the phone, might say something like this. Oh, by the way, my name is Carly. Who am I speaking with? Gary, Gary, it's great to meet you. We love seeing new patients here at Life Smiles. I can't wait to meet you in person. Uh, let me answer your question. Remember, the question was, do you take my insurance? So right away, we answer the question. And Carly will say, although we are not contracted with MetLife, you can absolutely use your MetLife insurance in our practice. Uh, in fact, not only can you use it, but when you come in, you're going to meet Meg. Meg's our insurance coordinator. She's going to do everything possible to help you get every dollar of benefit you have with that dental insurance plan. And if this was true, we would say, uh, Gary, we have many patients who have the very same dental insurance that you have. We're very happy to help you with that. Do you like mornings or afternoons? Mm. We make the appointment. So let me go back to the story. So the first year, things are going very well. Um, we're, we're resigning uh, successfully from these plans. We're keeping a majority of our patients, 80, 84% to be exact. However, a year later, um, an outside event hits that we had no control over. And you have to go back in time uh, to August, September, 2008. Yeah, I remember, I remember I was running a, a business called Busy Moms back then. And uh, I was trying to convince large corporations to advertise there because there's a lot of moms. And right. uh, I was talking to Wells Fargo and I, I remember... Uh, having a meeting with the VP of marketing. So I'm like, I have a meeting and um, this person did not answer. And I get an email saying, oh, he's no longer with the company. And then three days later, they said the CEO is no longer with the company. And then four days later, Wells Fargo doesn't exist. It was purchased by somebody else. Right. You know? 
It's crazy. This was literally uh, economic Armageddon, the, yeah. the downturn in the and You know, um, I'm here in the United States. Um, uh, much of the country was affected. Uh, however, certain parts of the country were affected much more severely than others. Here in the United States, the areas that were affected most severely were Southern California, mm-hmm. Arizona, Nevada, which is primarily Vegas, Florida in the Southeast, and then the upper Midwest, the manufacturing belt, the, the rust belt in the, in the United States, Northern Ohio, Northern Illinois, Northern Indiana, and Michigan, uh, mainly because of the downturn in the auto industry. And, you know, it's been re- re- reported as that economic uh, collapse was the biggest economic collapse in history, even worse than the Great Depression. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. I thought it was worse. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So here we were in the middle of it. And I want to tell you something, and this is, um, this is a painful memory. I'm, I'm, I'm happy we went through this now, so I have it in my experience base. It wasn't much fun at the time. Um, it was now August, September of, of 2008. We're halfway through. We had successfully resigned from about 17 plans. We, we had about 17 to go, and things were going well. And all of a sudden, it was as if someone flipped a switch, like a light switch, and it's like they turned the lights off. And let, let me define what I mean by that in real terms. Prior, Paul, we were a solo practice at the time, just Dr. Paul, Paul Nielsen was our dentist. Prior to this, Paul would be booked out about three to four weeks solid. Uh, we'd always get emergencies in, but, but he'd be booked out about three to four weeks. Hygiene was booked out six months solid. Um, and all of a sudden, it changed overnight. And now, Paul is open later in the week. You know, if it's Monday or Tuesday, he's got appointments later in the week that are open. And hygiene literally looks like Swiss cheese, the hygiene schedule. Um, It literally looks like holes everywhere. And so Paul and I, it literally happened in one day. It was as if one day this happened. And uh, we would talk often in the evening. And I remember uh, we called an emergency meeting between Paul and I. We owned the practice. So we called an emergency meeting, telephone, and said, what are we going to do? What are, he said, do you see the schedule? I said, yeah, I've never seen anything like this. He said, well, what are we going to do? And I, I said, I don't know, Paul. This is uncharted territory. I've been through downturns in the economy, but nothing like this. Uh, and he said, how about, you know, we're going out of network. What should we do about that? And I said, well, let's take a step back. Let's try to look at this rationally. Has it worked so far? And he said, yeah, yeah, it's been working. But I don't know if it's going to work in the future because now we've got this new wrinkle of, this apocalyptic economy. economy. And my undergraduate degree is in history, Darren. I happen to really enjoy history. And uh, I shared a quote with Paul that it, it seemed appropriate at the time. And it's a quote from Winston Churchill. Now, I imagine that our listeners will recognize that name, of course, uh, Prime Minister of, of England during World War II. And uh, World War II was, you know, they were under assault. Uh, from, from Germany at the time. And uh, Winston Churchill made a quote that I shared with Paul. It said, when you're going through hell, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I shared that with Paul. And, he, and, you know, he said, he said, you're right. It's been working. So I said, Paul, look, look, let's keep going because it's been working. Let's keep going. If it turns out that it isn't working, it stops working, then we can always, mid-course correct, we could always sign back up for the plans, right? And he literally said to me, I, I guess we could, couldn't we? If we? I mean, we wouldn't want to, but I guess we could sign back up if we 
we had to, right? I said, yeah, there's no reason why we couldn't sign back up as a contractor provider. But I said, it's been working for us. And we literally just kept going. And it worked. And we got to the end and, and got rid of the plans. And now I'm not suggesting that every office should be fee-for-service. That, that doesn't make sense for every office. However, I will say this, and I can say this with confidence. Any dental office listening to this can successfully reduce the number of PPO plans, become less insurance dependent. Any office listening to this can become less. Maybe, maybe it doesn't make sense to be completely fee-for-service. Uh, however, everyone can reduce it. Before I, before I talk about why you started this mastermind, what was behind it, I want to share this quote from Winston Churchill, uh, which might be appropriate given the last quote you shared. He said, success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> That's my second favorite Winston Churchill quote. <laughs> exactly. Failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. Exactly. I mean, usually opportunity comes in the form of a challenge or a failure. And uh, if you can kind of see that half full side of the glass or the, um, you know, that's the secret yeah. of all great people. You know, they just see yeah. the half full side of the glass. Always. Well, I like to, I like to call that an abundance mindset. Uh, right. And I know Naren, you're, uh, you're a partner in that mindset with me, uh, the abundant, and I imagine that our listeners are abundance mindset people as well, uh, both in your podcast as well as mine. Uh, that's why they're listening to the podcast. They want to, they want to get better. And, uh, uh so, um, bring this forward. So, uh, of all the strategic decisions that Paul and I have made in our ownership of life smiles, the single most important decision was to reduce insurance dependence. That was the most important strategic decision because now we're in control of our fees. Right. Now we can decide what we want to charge based on our cost structure. It has to be competitive, you know, uh, but we now are in control of our fees. We are not subjected to, uh, to the whim and whimsy of the insurance companies. So it's uh, about freedom. It's about autonomy. Oh it's, about, it's about kind of creating the future you want the way you yeah. want it, as opposed to, you know, playing second fiddle to somebody else's dream. I mean, I can imagine that that's why any of our listeners that own their own practice, why did you want to own your own practice? Because you wanted to be in control. Right. Is that a fair, do you think I can make that assumption that one of the most important reasons is they wanted to be in control? Absolutely. I mean, I got fired four times in a row. So eventually I said, you know what, I just want to do it my way. You know, I think that's why people open up a practice, you know, they want to do it their way, you know. Right. You want to do it. Exactly. And uh, you deserve that. And yeah. uh, anyway, we've been very successful with it. Uh, uh, we can talk about strategies and some of the things we've done. We've been very successful with it. One of the things uh, that we did, and, and you've helped us a great deal with this, Naren, is um, we have learned how to develop a comprehensive marketing plan to consistently attract quality new patients, in particular, patients who don't have insurance. When they don't have insurance, they don't ask you the question, are you in network? Right. Right? I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's an irrelevant question if you don't have insurance. But here's the interesting thing. If you have insurance, it can become a dominant mindset of a patient that has insurance. They want to know, is my insurance going to cover it? Right? Let me ask you just, we didn't talk about this, Naren, so we're, we're kind of doing this extemporaneously. But is it a fair question for the patient if you're, if you're Dr. Naren, is it fair for your patient to say, is my insurance going to cover this? Is that a fair question? Yeah, absolutely. 
You yeah. bet it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. And, and uh, would you agree that that um, has no socioeconomic boundaries? I mean, uh, I mean, I go to get my car repaired and I ask them how much is going to cost me. Right. I don't think it's anything to do with how much money I make. Yeah, or, or have or don't have. Yeah, exactly. Question. Yeah. In fact, if I may share a very personal story, um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave the exact name out of it uh, for HIPAA reasons, but I'll share a story with you. Uh, this past summer, my wife's best friend uh, had uh, a dental experience with her son, her her 18-year-old son. Sadly, he had number eight um, was um, fractured at the gum line from a skateboarding accident. He was, he was skateboarding and the skateboard flipped and, and broke his tooth off, a front tooth at the gum line. And so uh, she was quite concerned. So she called me and uh, she said, Gary, she told me about the accident and she said, can you, I, my son's going to need a dental implant can you recommend an oral surgeon to do that dental implant? But he has to be in our network, in our insurance network. So she asked, that was how she framed the question. And there's something I need to tell you about her background that I haven't shared yet. And that is that uh, this woman is very wealthy. Um, she has considerable resources, financial. But notice how she asked the question. Um, he needs to be in, my, in, in our network. So I said, uh, I said, let me ask you a question. What's more important, finding the best possible oral surgeon for your son or finding a surgeon in your network? And without missing a beat, she said, oh, I, need, I want the best possible oral surgeon. It's a front tooth. Uh, it's my son, my only son. I, I want the best. But notice what she asked first in my network. And you know what I think that is, Naren? I think that's, imp I think that's imprinting. Uh, imprinting from our childhood, perhaps. You know, I think of myself, um, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, had a big influence on my life. Uh, I love, love her dearly. She's been gone many years now. But she survived the Great Depression. And in her mind, uh, that experience from the Depression was imprinted in her mindset. And she was the one, you always had to eat everything on your plate, right? Yeah. Because yeah. there was time where there wasn't food. Yes. So I had to eat everything on your plate. And even though later in life, my grandmother had uh, some financial comfort, she was still imprinted by her experience in, mm -hmm. in the depression. And so I think a mindset for some might be, hey, if I have this insurance thing, I should use it, right? Yeah, and that's fair. I think most of us, without realizing it, why do we stay in marriages, for example? Because we have been told when you're married, you need to be, you know. So a lot of these things at a subconscious level, are imprinted on our minds. You know, you know, I need to eat everything on my plate. I need to... Uh, Money doesn't grow on trees. Trees, you know, I need to... If our insurance will pay for it, why should I pay for it out of... These are kind of... We don't question, we just do it. Like, I mean, right. like, I remember even now, like, I feel guilty when I leave something on my plate. You know? <laughs> it's part of your imprinting. Yeah. Well, let me ask, so, so now, thanks to your help, we, one of the things we've done is develop a comprehensive marketing plan. And in particular, we're now um, attracting patients that don't have insurance. So, Naren, we didn't talk about this, so I'm putting you on the spot. But um, statistically, you know, do you think the people in the world that have dental insurance, do you think that's going up or going down? Uh, in other words, as we move forward, do you think that's a number that's growing people that have dental insurance or do you think it's going down? I think it's significantly shrinking. Yeah, it's radically shrinking. 
The, yeah. the data shows that it's radically shrinking. And there's many people today that would perhaps not have dental insurance, but I tend to think of uh, three categories in particular that, that represent a massive group of people between these three categories. Let's go through those three. Number one would be retirees, retirees. You know, there was a time when uh, retirees, like say someone that worked for Ford Motor Company, when they retired, they got lifetime benefits and they would have those benefits until they, until they died. That's not true anymore. The cost became too great for companies to absorb that expense. So now when you retire, you get benefits. If you had benefits, you get them for a short period of time. It's called COBRA, C-O-B-R-A. It's actually an acronym. Uh, but then you reach an end point and in most retirees don't continue to pay for those benefits out of pocket because they, they can't afford it. Uh, so retirees, I think there might be any retirees in the world that might represent good patients for us, Naren? Absolutely. I mean, um, a lot of times, a lot of the wealth is with the baby boomers because they have been collecting it for generations and now the kids are gone, the education is done, so they have money and uh, they, they want to spend it on them, you know, after for a change, you know, as right. opposed to on their kids and all the other things. The second group um, is also the biggest demographic group today, millennials, people that are in their 20s and 30s today. The millennial group by generation is the largest group by population today. Uh, and the reason why millennials, uh, now they could have insurance, but typical dental insurance, but they typically don't because they haven't reached a point in their career where they receive benefits. Uh, so millennials, another, another group. And then there's a third group. And the third group, I'm going to put, I'm going to kind of call them different titles. These would be independent contractors, freelancers, uh, people that maybe work from home. Um, it, it, that third group. Now, now, interestingly enough, I was sharing this information at a, at a live course I was giving recently in Kansas City. I just want to share some interesting stat. I was just uh, Googling this right now. Sure. Um, today, America is powered by small businesses. 19.6 uh, million Americans work for companies employing less than 20 people. 18.4 million uh, Americans work for companies employing 20 to 100 people. 14.6 million people work for companies employing 100 to 499 people. So pretty much 50 million Americans work for small businesses. So this, let's put this in, that's approximately... 50 million families. That's approximately half of America relies on small businesses. I love that you're bringing this up because all the news is what the, the massive employer, like what, what Boeing is doing yeah. or what Ford Motor Company is doing or what Apple's doing or Microsoft. But in fact, those companies are not the job creators today. It's small, no, it's small, uh, mid-sized businesses. Uh, and many times, those businesses are not providing dental insurance. First of all, it makes no sense. It's not a good investment on their part right. because they're paying so much for it and the, the benefits are so low that it's a horrible investment on the part of the business. So they don't provide it. Yeah. But, but let me go back to the story about speaking in Kansas City and uh, I shared those three groups, retirees, millennials, and, and freelancers, independent contractors. And a dentist came up to me at the break and he, and he was a... a, a Wonderful gentleman. He uh, uh, thanked me for coming to Kansas City, and he was very appreciative. And he said, you know, I've been thinking about, you, you talked about those three groups that don't have insurance. He said, yeah, we have a lot of retirees here in Kansas City, and 
yeah, we have, we have quite a few millennials. I'm seeing more and more of that. But I don't think that third group is, is very relevant for us here in Kansas City. And, you know, the, you said, you know, the independent contractor, the freelancers. And I could tell that he had a good sense of humor. You, know, you could just tell by interacting with him. So I, I looked at his name badge and I said, Dr. Um, uh, play along with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use two words, just two words that is going to change your perspective on that last group. You want to play along with me? Goes, yeah. Sure, I'm game. Sure. And uh, just two words, just two words. So you ready? You ready? So I, you, know, you ready? You ready? You ready? So I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I said, okay, Uber drivers. <laughs> and he laughed just like you did, Naren. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he looked at me, he goes, oh my gosh, you're right. There are a ton of Uber drivers here in Kansas City. So now market your practice in, in a way that attracts people that don't have dental insurance to, your, uh, to contend with. Here's the best part about it. They aren't gonna, when you present treatment to them, they're not going to say, doctor, does my insurance cover it? Because that's irrelevant. It has no meaning to them. They're simply going to say, why should I do this? What are the benefits? Is this in my best interest? Which I think our listeners would agree. Those are great questions. I would love to answer those questions. You know, right. I'd love to answer those. So anyway, back to this mastermind. So we've had the myself and my team, we've been coaching offices. Uh, you know, we're, we're uh, uh, a practice management coaching firm, and we cover a variety of topics with, with our, our clients. But one of the topics that's almost universal in every one of our clients is helping them reduce insurance dependence. And we've been very successful with that with practices all over the country. However, let's face it, uh, coaching is not inexpensive. Um, it's, it's expensive. And I, I mean, wanted to- I want to talk about coaching uh, and the expense of coaching. It's not only, I mean, I, I know like a lot of coaches, they charge an average of thirty to fifty thousand dollars. I know some coaches, uh, some coaching companies that charge a hundred thousand yeah. uh, dollars. I'm sure you know some of these by name. Uh, right. So it's very expensive, you know, literally. Plus the time, right? They well, literally ask you to shut down your office and fly somewhere, or you know, like so. It, it is really, really disruptive and expensive. And as a, I'm biased, and I need to declare my bias. Uh, yeah. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's it. It is worth it, but it's expensive. Right. And I, you know, one of my goals, um, I'm, I'm, um, one of the things I, I, I'm saddened by is I meet a lot of dentists out when, when I'm speaking. Um, I get a chance to come face to face with around 30,000 dentists a year when I'm, when I'm lecturing. And I'm saddened by the number of dentists that I meet that, that feel like the future of dentistry is not very bright. And I simply couldn't disagree more. Uh, right. I think this is a fabulous time to be in our presence. There's never been a better time. Now, now we should not stick our head in the sand and pretend there aren't challenges. There are certainly challenges. But there has never been a better time to be in the profession of dentistry because we have the opportunity to change people's lives every day. We have a tremendous opportunity. And there's never been a time in our history, never, when the population hasn't been more interested in health and wellness. People yes. are living longer. Uh, you know, uh, I saw something the other day. It was the headline in, in Cosmo magazine. Now, Naren, don't ask me why I saw a headline in Cosmopolitan <laughs> magazine. Um, if you ever bring it up, I'm going to deny it. Um, but I saw a headline and it said, 60 is the new 40. Yeah. 60 is the new 40. 
And I think, I'm not sure what that means. I, I think maybe I need to ask my wife because, you know, <laughs> but, but I, I think what it means maybe is people are living longer. Um, hey, 60 is not old anymore. 60 is young. Uh, and people want to look good, feel good. They want to eat anything they want. And, and they want to have vital lives, you know, into their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And it's possible today with health advances and dental advances. Uh, and, and so there's never been a better time to be in our profession. And I want to help more dentists. I want more dentists to realize that this is a fabulous time that, 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 and, and, and actually manifesting it, you know, and not just believing it, but, but having it show up uh, for them in, 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 in their lives. Uh, and I realized that we can't, I can't help as many dentists as I'd like in a coaching capacity because of the cost and because of the inefficiencies. Uh, so um, I started thinking about how else could we help these uh, dentists and came up with the idea of a mastermind. And uh, at a fraction of the cost, we'll talk about cost, but at a fraction of the cost, uh, but the idea of getting amazing results and helping more dentists get on board to reduce insurance dependence. You know, what's interesting is um, uh, the insurance company has positioned it in such a way that the dentist, the way they'd like you to believe is as a dentist, you need the insurance companies. That's what the insurance company would like you to believe. Yeah, it's like, it's like um, the frog in the boiling water, right? I right. mean, they're just boiling the dentist, but they don't feel it because it's happening a tiny bit at a time and they feel like they're helpless. And right, right. When in fact, if you look at it, think about this for just a minute. Yeah. If the insurance company didn't have any participating providers, would yeah. they have anything to sell? No, exactly. They're dead. <laughs> They're finished. But interesting how they positioned it the other way. So I want to help more dentists uh, realize that they can successfully reduce insurance dependency. So the mastermind is the vehicle to do that. And as you mentioned in the, in the top of the show, uh, Naren, what, what a mastermind is, is a small group of people. And we've actually done a lot of research on this. Um, our mastermind members will be in a small group of 12. And there's some magic in that number. Um, 12, and we'll have regular meetings, master, all done virtually. There's no travel required. Weekly meetings, weekly one-hour meetings. meetings. Right, yeah. one-hour meetings, weekly, uh, done at a convenient time uh, so that we can kind of keep moving along and keep sharing information and experiences. And imagine, doctor, imagine how powerful it will be to have 11 other like-minded dentists, not in your area, none of them are going to be in your area, uh, so 11 other like-minded dentists on this same journey and imagine the, the knowledge, the experience, the wisdom that will come out of this mastermind. I'll be leading the, the mastermind, uh, in terms of bringing content and information. And what I'm going to be doing is essentially sharing what we've done in my own practice and in pra hundreds of practices all, all over the country to successfully reduce insurance dependence done in a mastermind format. And, and here's where it gets really interesting. You know, the, the, the one of the flaws in coaching today, as we mentioned, is the high cost. Yes. Uh, and we wanted to make it affordable and we wanted to make it uh, accessible to dentists so that more dentists could become involved in this. And we've decided to start with a concept, um, what we're calling uh, foundation members, foundational members. And we've decided to offer that membership in the mastermind at $249 a month as lifetime pricing. In other words, that will be your lifetime monthly tuition as long as you're a member in, in, in the mastermind. 
you'll pay no more than $249 a month. It's likely that that's going to go up significantly over time. Uh, and the fee to join in the future will be much higher than that. However, as a foundation member, we're offering that lifetime pricing. Your monthly fee will never go up uh, above that $249 amount. And that's a, a way for us to say thank you to the initial founding members uh, to have trust and faith and confidence in us. Uh, and we're going to present that courtesy to you. So in the future, when it's more expensive, you'll never pay more than $249 a month. Yeah, I think um, before Google, we had libraries. So technically, we had ways to get information. You know, we could go to the library and get information. The problem was it was so expensive. It took us three, four hours to find an answer. Now, it was, uh, I, I don't mind admitting this, uh, Aaron. I'm a nerd. I, I don't mind admitting that. And I was a library rat. In oh. other words, uh, I spent massive amount of time in the library. But you're right to get to like just to discover a piece of information might take you three hours. <laughs> right, right. I mean, um, what Google did is it made it available to us in seconds. Uh, it brought convenience, right? Uh, right? You don't have to disrupt your work. Um, I mean, to go to the library and all the time is money, right? I mean, indirectly right. it's money. So it, it kind of cheapened the whole you know, cost of getting information. And flip side, what happened is, the world is so much more smarter today because there's so much information. I mean, like, like every day people interact with Google like hundreds of times. I mean, in some, like at least I do. And I think the numbers I read is like 100 billion times people use Google a year. And that was just old numbers. So probably it's much higher than that right now. So, so they changed the game by making it affordable and available to everyone. Uh, it, like nowadays, Google, before you even type, you know, if you can finish the question, it even can guess what you're going to ask. You know, it'll even fill in the question for you, you know. Right. Uh, it's crazy. So what I see is you are doing something like that, Gary. I mean, you are the pioneer in this. You are doing something like that to kind of change the entire game. Uh, you know, like getting on a plane, going to an office, very expensive. And then when you leave, they forget about everything you taught them and they go back to their old habits. You know, it's just a very kind of dysfunctional, I'm not saying it's bad, but for the times before internet, that was the only option. Niran, wel welcome to my world. This is, this is the world that I've experienced as a coach um, for, for many years. And, and everything you're uh, bringing up is, is real. Uh, right. It's, you know, evaporative, you know, you, you leave the office and, and, you know, a lot of the stuff you taught evaporated and right. uh, I, there's a better way. And today, you know, technology is certainly part of the tool. We have technology today that we didn't have before. Uh, we have the ability to store things uh, digitally uh, that give us tremendous uh, recall. You know, rarely do people learn something the first time. I mean, when yeah. was the last time you, you did something once and you were masterful at it? Yeah. Uh, and also things are kind of broken, right? In the sense, uh, you're still in isolation. You're still working by yourself, you know, in a coaching environment, right? But here it's 12 other peers who, are, who you are helping and they're helping you. So it's really like a supportive environment. I know I have daughters and my oldest is a nerd. She's into robotics. And these kids, there are a million kids from all over the world, they come and compete on this robotics competition. Wow. And last year, she won the world championship out of 20,000 teams. Oh, my goodness. 
but it's amazing. So we go to uh, Kentucky, um, um, uh, you know, every year for the world championship. And it's amazing. These kids, like they are on fire. But the thing is, they feed off of the energy of each other. You know what I mean? If they it's were like, like sitting in an office and doing it on their own or in their own home, they wouldn't happen. But when you have a million kids competing, it's like unreal what they can do. It's just they they feed and it's friendly competition. They feed off on each other. They learn from each other. They help each other. It's it's amazing. So so imagine you know bringing this to the mastermind. Imagine doctors, you're in a group of eleven other dentists, and you know one of the discussions is, um, okay, what have you done? to elevate customer service in your practice so the patients don't want to leave. I'm, I'm just picking a random example. Okay. And then imagine one of your colleagues saying, Hey, here's something I did. And then another one said, well, here's something we did. And then someone else jumps in. Well, here's something we did. It didn't quite work, but we, we modified it and then, then it worked. And then, so imagine all that information in real time coming to you in a safe environment and allowing you to have more information from which to make your decisions. And, I mean, I love, I've been involved in masterminds throughout my entire career. And I think it's masterminds that have been my greatest source of inspiration, my greatest source of knowledge, uh, and frankly, have allowed me to stretch my own vision of what's possible. Uh, so I, I couldn't be more excited about this uh, mastermind. And I, and I love the pricing formula that we've come up with because I, I you know, if you annualize that, if we take, uh, uh, call it two, it's 249, but call it 250 a month, we annualize that. Uh, that's three thousand dollars. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that three thousand dollars is is uh, small change. Uh, you know, that's that's a significant investment. However, it's a fraction of the cost of coaching, and I might even suggest that it's going to be more effective because of the frequency, because of the format, because of the sheer volume of the content that is going to be shared in that mastermind. Um, and I think our effectiveness will be even better at a fraction of the price. Uh, and I think this is going to open up um, a lot more. The information is going to be opened up to a much more wider segment of our population that is not engaging in coaching because they think they can't afford it. Right. And the other thing is um, they're learning from you. They're learning from books. They're learning from each other and each other from the group of 12 plus the entire you know, audience, the entire group you have as part of the mastermind. So Right. Learning from all sources. And one of the things we'll be doing is if somebody asks a really good question, we could do a video from it, Gary, and share it with everyone. Absolutely. So In fact, it'll be very dynamic. The, um, uh, much of the uh, content will develop over time based on the questions and the experiences of the members. Uh, so I, I couldn't be more excited about this. And, and, and there, in, in, in full disclosure, um, I have chosen to partner with you on this uh, because of all the amazing resources that are available through Equa in terms of marketing. And, and that's a very important piece of this is, doctors, if you're going to be successful going out of network, you have got to master the world of digital marketing. That's a very important component of this. And Naren, we, you know, we're an Equa client at LifeSmiles. And we have, through your help and the help of your team, have developed an amazingly effective marketing comprehensive marketing plan that is consistently attracting quality new patients for us at a fraction of the cost of the insurance adjustments, <laughs> a fraction of the cost. Right. So thank you. And I think we've got a, a winning partnership with my voice in practice management, your voice in marketing and your entire team in marketing 
behind us to share all this information with our mastermind members, I think we've got a winning formula. Yes, and I, I know we're adding some bonus uh, for the founding members. Uh, in addition to the lifetime price, um, we are building this community called I Love to Influence. Can we talk a little bit about that, Gary? Yeah, you know, um, you are, uh, uh, you've built your firm, Equa, um, around the core principles of marketing from uh, Robert Cialdini. Yes. And uh, so if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with Robert Cialdini, uh, Google him. Uh, he spells his name a little bit differently. It's uh, C-I-A-L-D-I-N-I. Uh, C-I-A-L-D-I-N-A. It's, it's pronounced Cialdini, Robert Cialdini. Uh, he is, let me, let me kind of put this in perspective. Um, he is like, most of us would recognize the name Gordon Christensen, Dr. Gordon Christensen in dentistry, right? Uh, he is like the Dr. Gordon Christensen of marketing. You know, in marketing circles, if you bring up the name Robert Cialdini, everyone recognizes who, who his name is. Uh, and uh, just a brilliant resource. He's written two books. Uh, the first one was titled Influence, just a single word title. And the second one was titled Pre-Suasion. Pre-Suasion. Now, I'm not, I'm not mispronouncing that because uh, the word is actually persuasion. But uh, he actually titled the book Pre, P-R-E, Suasion. And as the title might indicate, that book is all about how you prepare your clients, and in our case, patients, to accept your treatment recommendations before they ever come in to see you. Uh, but anyway, back to the original book of, of um, uh, Influence. Uh, if you haven't read that, you need to pick up that book. Uh, Influence is all about how we can successfully influence people to make good decisions. And in the case of dentistry, to make good decisions about their oral health. And it's not only the doctor, you know, in some offices, uh, Niran, uh, the team might think, well, that's the doctor's job, right? The, the doctor is the one that needs to present the dentistry to patients. And, and technically, that's accurate. You know, technically, as far as like the state board, you know, it says that only a dentist can diagnose. Uh, however, in, in world-class dental practices, world-class, every team member knows they have a role in influencing their patients to make good decisions and they exercise it when they have the opportunity. You know, I've made it my life's work to study world-class dental practices, uh, 39 years now. Uh, this is our 30, uh, 39th year. And in world-class practices, the doctor and team members embrace, not just do it, but they embrace the concept of influence. And it's very different than selling. It's not salesy. It's not selling. It's influencing people to take a higher interest in their oral health and take a higher interest in achieving great oral health. So we've created a, a fun community, uh, and the community is called I Love to Influence. Uh, it, it's, it's fun. We're, we, I don't know how many hours of content we have in there now, but uh, we've got a ton of, of information all about the con concept of influence and how this applies to dentistry. And uh, we're going to be extending that uh, to our charter, our foundation members, uh, in our mastermind that they'll also receive membership to that community at no additional cost. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there's a couple of things I want to kind of touch on, um, Gary, you kind of alluded to it, but I think it's so important that I want to kind of emphasize on this. Um, you and I believe we are living in the best of times. There's no time. Like I had brain surgery and, uh, I was back home three days later. Um, this couldn't have happened 10 years ago. And this happened in November of this year. Like we are living in amazing times. 
like I could have been dead if I if this has happened to me, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. It might even been a, a shorter period of time in terms of technology. Um, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, I mean, we can do things we couldn't do before. I mean, the average life expectancy only 70 years ago was half of what it was today. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, um, so you and I believe that we are living in the best of times. You and I believe that the way to create an amazing life for ourselves and our families and our teams is to, you know, give, right? Give a lot more than we receive. So we believe in this abundant mindset. We don't believe that for me to win, you have to lose. Or for you to win, I have to lose. That's the scarcity mindset. That's the opposite of the abundance mindset. Right. However, we see so many dentists trapped in this idea that, you know, without the insurance, I can't do anything. And then working harder and harder and harder, you know, peddling that treadmill, you know, harder and harder because they feel, you know, how, how else can you survive when 38% of the top line goes to somebody else uh, that you deserve and they, that you need to keep. So, so, so what I want to talk about is um, to me, you're not only just sharing ideas and concepts and uh, you know, best practices from your $3 million practice from your coaching of 2,200 people, but you're also creating a community of people who believe that the best days are ahead of us, that, mm-hmm. that, by helping others, helping each other, uh, helping our patients, helping our teams, we can do unbelievable things. And also to do that, we also need to master influence. We need to master the love of our profession. Um, you know, and that's why we are launching this community called I Love Dentistry. So just talk to me about the overall vision about, you know, what are you doing? I mean, you, are, you, you, you have made it, you know, you're very successful. If you decide to retire tomorrow, you know, you could be fine. You know, you don't need to work any, anymore. So like, why are you doing this? Like, talk to me about your vision, please. Yeah. You know, I think you, you hit it right on the head, uh, Naren. I, you know, I, uh, about three or four years ago, I thought about how do I want to spend this next chapter of my work life? And one of the things that, just became extremely important to me was I want to help more dentists. I want to be able to help more dentists. Uh, It's sad to me, as I mentioned, that there are some dentists that feel like the best times are behind us. And I don't agree with that. I also want to create, I want to encourage entrepreneurship in dentistry. Uh, You know, the fastest growing segment today in in dentistry uh, is the corporate side. The corporate side of dentistry is growing rapidly. I think that speaks to opportunity. You should look at that as a positive, by the way, because these dental corporations wouldn't be putting money into growing if it wasn't a, a vital uh, business. It didn't make a lot of sense. Exactly. But I want to foster entrepreneurship in dentistry, and I have a bias, and I will declare that bias. There are many great career paths in dentistry. There are many great career paths, and there are many different ways to find satisfaction in, in, in dentistry as a career. But in my opinion, the best possible career path is to own your own practice. (laughs) That's why I wanted to own mine. I wanted to own a practice. And there are some young, mid, and even late career dentists that feel like the day of owning your own practice is gone. And I disagree with that. And I want to foster that. I want to create a movement, literally a movement, about people that are as passionate about entrepreneurship and dentistry, as passionate about realizing that the future is, is, is bright, and, and, the, and this is a fabulous time to be in our profession. But there's some other parts that are driving me. One, one is, um, 
I, I love the idea of freedom. I absolutely love the idea of owning your own uh, practice. So you have the freedom to decide <clears throat> how you want to work, <clears throat> how often you want to work. Uh, you have that ability to do that. Uh, and allowing us to have it all. That's, that's another thing that's very important to me is to find a good balance so that you have a great work-life balance, work-life balance. And there's many dentists that feel like that has come out of balance over the years. And partly because of this influence of insurance. I mean, if insurance has taken 38% right off the top, those that don't know better figure they just have to work harder. They have to pedal harder, kind of like the proverbial hamster on the wheel, right? On, yeah. the, on, that, on that wheel. And I want to get doctors off the hamster wheel. Uh, so those are the things that are driving me. I couldn't be more excited about it. And uh, this mastermind uh, is going to be a fun way to carry these principles forward and help more dentists experience the, the kind of things we've been able to experience at Life Smiles, but also we've been able to help our clients with all over the country. And I, uh, I feel like the proverbial kid in the candy store. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to... Uh, to, to see where this goes and to help more, more dentists. So uh, maybe on that note, we'll put a ribbon on it, but uh, you know, I'd like to invite, there'll be some information in the show notes about how you can become a member of, of, of the mastermind. If you put that in your show notes, uh, Naren, I'll put it in mine as well. Absolutely. Uh, and I'd like to invite our listeners to jump in. Uh, uh, we're going to do that uh, introductory um, uh, founding member pricing uh, at, uh, at $249 a month. Um, we're offering that initially. It, prices will go up. Uh, but we're offering that now as a courtesy to those that uh, show support initially. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a movement. And I think one last point I want to say before we wrap it up. Um, I built my business by adding more and more and more and more and more value to clients. So we come up with new ideas, new solutions, and we try to keep the price the same. So when you said, let's give our initial members this price locked in for life. So 10 years from now, when the product or the solution is worth that much more than what all it is today, your price doesn't go up. Um, We're committed to that. And that's a founding concept of ours. And that will never change for you. Thank you so much uh, for doing this. Uh, I know you can continue to go and charge expensive fees and help your coaching clients like you do right now, but you're trying to figure out how to do this to, for, for a lot of people. So you're making it affordable. So I want to really appreciate you for your courage, uh, for your commitment to not just you know, doing what's best for Gary, but really doing what's best for as many dentists as possible. So thank you so much, Gary. Well, uh, hey, thanks, Naren. And since I'm going to um, put this on my podcast as well, I want to take a minute and thank you. Uh, you are a resource that I would not want to practice without. When I say you, I mean you and your team at Equa. Uh, you're a resource I would not want to practice without uh, because you provide all that marketing uh, uh, wisdom and, and uh an execution for us to consistently attract quality new patients. Hey, I also want to thank our listeners. We love you over here at the Thriving Dentist Show. Uh, thanks for being a listener. Uh, three things you can do to support our work. Um, you can tell a friend. Uh, uh, you probably have a colleague that's never heard the word podcast. Tell them about the Thriving Dentist Show and uh, about Naren's podcast. Tell them about that. Uh, if you like Thriving Dentist Show, you'll like his. Uh, secondly, you can jump on iTunes and write us a review. A positive review on iTunes works just like a positive review on Google for, for uh, us. And the third thing you can do is you can hit subscribe on the subscribe button. Uh, if you hit subscribe, uh, you can do that on iTunes or Google Play or whatever your podcast directory of choice. Uh, if you hit subscribe, it means every Wednesday for us. What, what day do you uh, typically publish, Naren? Um, we also publish around midweek, around Wednesday. 
Yeah, so hit subscribe to either one of our podcasts, and uh, that means you'll never miss a future episode. On that note, thank you for the privilege of your time, and I'll tell you I will look forward to connecting with you on the next Thriving Dentist Show.